Hi and welcome to Veg Out, Toronto's vegetarian podcast. We are a collective of vegans and vegetarians who love to talk about all things veg in the GTA. You can hear us on Met Radio 1280 AM, Campus Community Radio, based in downtown Toronto. And you can find us on Instagram at vegoutpodcastto. My name is Barbie and today I'm joined by not one, but two Steves. You all know one of our regular hosts, Steve Biko, and we also have Steve Leckie joining us today as well. And we're going to be talking about sprouts and microgreens, why they're good for you and how to grow them at home. So before we get to that, um, even though summer is over, there's still quite a lot of cool vegan events coming up in the GTA. Um, so I've got a few that I'll mention here. Uh, first, there's actually three events in one weekend. And it looks like no matter what part of the GTA you're in, there'll be something for you. So um, the people that put on the Mississauga Veg Fest are doing something called Halloween Monster Mash Markets. That is Saturday, October 28th from 4 to 10 p.m. at something called the Creative Hub in Mississauga. On the same day in Barrie, there's something called the Unity Fest. And uh, that's a plant-based market. I believe it's put on by the people that own the restaurant uh, Mexico. I don't know if either of you guys know or can oh, yeah. confirm that. Yeah, so I think it's outside of their restaurant on Dunlop Street in downtown Barrie. And then the next day, Sunday, October 29th, is Farmhouse Garden Animal Homes uh, annual Halloween visiting day. So that's at their place in Uxbridge from 1 to 4 p.m. And there will be meet and greet with the animals, hay rides, pumpkin carving, vegan treats, of course. And that is uh, also partly a fundraiser. So it's $15 per person. And Wishing Well Sanctuary has a really cool thing for the month of October. So this is something that you can plan for any night, uh, any day of October that you're interested in, they are doing something called Movies in the Spooky Barn. So for every night in October, they uh, basically you can book it for any night that's available in October. And what it is, is for $75, you can have yourself and up to 15 people total in their barn for up to two hours. And you bring your own movie or they have a collection of their own of over 300 movies. So you can have a movie night in the barn. You can come a little bit earlier and you can see the animals before they go to bed. Uh, you can bring your own food and drinks to enjoy with the movie. Or they have some add-ons of their own that you can add. Sounds so cool. There's a vintage popcorn machine that beats 10. So you can pay $30 to add that on. You can have cotton candy tubs for $3 each. They have games like Jenga, checkers, tic-tac-toe. You can pay extra for that. Um, yeah, so that sounds really, really cool. You can sort of have your own fun Halloween party there at the farm. And um, I wasn't sure they didn't have a specific contact for uh, reserving this, but um, I guess you could send them a message on Facebook because that is where I saw it posted. Or uh, their main email address on their website is wishingwellsanctuary at mail.com. I was wondering, Steve, if you were going to bring up uh, Bar Avello because I know that you're a big, uh, oh. a big fan of all of Rogers' places. Do you know? I don't know too much about it. Do you know much about Bar Avello? That's okay not to? a lot. Uh, you realize that his uh, that Pizzeria Do and Osteria Do are closing. Well, they'll be closed before this is on the air. And so, is Bar Avello? Is it like in the same location? Is yes. it part of Avello? 
it's on a different floor in the building. It's a, it's an old converted house, and uh, and I, either two or three floors. And the bar's on a different floor from the main restaurant, although the same food's available there. Uh, oh, okay. So it's more about the ambience you think that will yeah. be different between yeah, the two. Yeah, okay. And, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. We don't have any, at least as far as I'm aware, we don't have any vegan bars in Toronto anymore. Ever since Porterhouse, that was a long time ago. Porterhouse. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. So many, so many places. Heartbreaking, but um, okay. Well, on to happier thoughts than vegan bars clothing. <laughs> um, all right. So let's let's get talking about sprouts and microgreens. Okay, Barbie, you've had quite a bit of experience in sprouting. Go ahead and talk about your what you sprouted and how. Sure. Um, I don't want to sound like an expert by any means. I don't know if I'd say I have a lot of experience. I do pretty basic, like the same thing, um, basically. So I use a, you know where I learned about this actually? It was at Veg Food Fest one year. There was a nutritionist, I think, that gave a talk and her name's escaping me now. And she actually handed out those little green um, fabric screens. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Have you ever used those? Yeah. Yeah. And so for a long time, I used that. So you would take a jar um, you put the seeds in with water and then you'd use an elastic band. So you'd keep the lid off the jar and you'd use an elastic band to put a green kind of screen, um, on it. And you would use that screen to shake up the water, drain the water out, and then, uh, basically tip the jar over into a bowl or something to collect any water that dripped out and you'd leave it there. Um, the kind of sprouts that I often use broccoli sprouts or a mixed sprout blend with broccoli sprouts in them um it she takes like five days or so and every day twice a day you rinse it but so I use that screen for a long time and then I forget how it came up I don't remember if Robbie saw it on sorry saw it online or we saw it in a store but I saw that you could actually buy lids that are made for mason jars mm -hmm. and so it actually fits it's basically like you still use your regular mason jar lid but instead of a fabric screen it's like uh the plate that you would use normally that's part of the lid it actually has uh, holes in it so now we use that and that just makes it very tidy um yeah it's really easy we don't think about it we kind of just always have this jar sitting on our counter yeah and that's that's what we do and we basically just put them in salads did yeah. you also do bean sprouts like mung or soy mm. or chickpea or lentil no or azuki beans, you know. I, I'm just going no, on and on the beans. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the truth, to be honest, is the reason why I do it mainly is specifically for broccoli sprouts. And I know this may be kind of like, <laughs> you know, quasi science, and I don't want to say that it's like true or anything. But I, um, so I've had uh, I've had two uh, cancer diagnoses. <laughs> I don't know how you say that in plural. And uh, so I had read that like broccoli sprouts were like particularly powerful at cancer prevention oh. um so i mainly do it for the broccoli sprouts um yeah superfood yeah and you never did things like alfalfa or mustard seed or garlic or onion either not me how about you guys well we've done a variety of things over the years but mung is super easy yeah. so often do mung because it sprouts so quickly and um and it seems kind of foolproof um you know i've done i've done my chickpeas and bigger beans and things but they're always kind of like seems like they're a bit crunchy and they're a bit mm -hmm. 
not so tasty. <laughs> Sometimes if you you can even like cook them a bit, you know, you like a big sprite like that, you can you can cook it lightly in a soup, make it more palatable. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I've always wondered. I don't know if I actually understand. So when you say a chickpea sprout, is it like, are you taking like chickpeas? that you see in the store, dried chickpeas, and you sprout from there? Or does it a sprout yeah, yeah, that turns like into you, chickpea? Okay. It's like you're going to soak them overnight for um, homeless making, then you keep going. Hmm. And then you, you eat keep... the chickpea? Or it's so hard? You soak, you, them just... you soak them in water for one night, you drain them, you put them in your jar with the with the screen lid, and then you can keep on uh, rinsing them every you know couple of twice a day, and they'll actually grow a bit of a tail. Mm-hmm. And then when you're ready to eat them, that's what I mean, do you eat... Do you, do you take off the the sprout part, the tail from the chickpea, or you're able to eat the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, you never. I don't leave it going so long. Oh, so that's it right. It just grows a little tail, and then you. Yeah, much it. like a much like a mung bean sprout. Mung bean sprouts are the normal sprout, but even less. Mung, mung grows longer. Mung grows pretty long. Yeah, chickpea that doesn't really. No, do it doesn't. Much. That's right. Uh, although, unless you. Uh, Unless you know how to push There are a number of others that don't. Quinoa doesn't. Uh, pumpkin seed definitely doesn't. And that's quite nice. And do all those different, do the different ones, like, can you taste the difference? Oh, yeah. In the sprout itself? I'll, hmm. I'll get to that later. Okay. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I haven't heard alfalfa mentioned. It's the other easy one that's almost as easy as mung. Neither of you? Yeah, it's a little spicy, spicy flavor. A little bit. And that was popular, popular in... When I first became vegan, yeah. that was a real popular one. Yeah. It's like from, uh, you know, 30 years ago when I started, that was a popular one, but yeah. it's kind of fallen out of favor. Yeah, it goes nicely in the sandwich or something like that. You, you, you I remember like it was always like veggie pate, uh-huh. uh, mustard, like Dijon mustard and, and these um, alfalfa spreads. Yeah. That was like a common. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like a... available. I haven't seen yeah. it. Like a classic oh, image of like what people think vegans eat or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they're still around. It, it gave vegans a bad name, I, I, apparently. So, got rid oh, of what, it. Did you, what did you hear? Okay. Okay. Uh, now, you've also done microgreens. Uh, Steve, do you want to talk about that technique and how yeah, easy or difficult it what you do with the soil um, when you're finished, too? Okay. The, the thing about sprouting is. Um, you need to buy it from a really good source. So you have to pay. You can't just like go to your health store and buy the regular mung from the bulk section. You can, mm-hmm. um, but usually you're supposed to buy it from a source where you know everything's going to sprout yeah. uh, fully. The problem with sprouting is if you get like a, say, um, I've done it before. Like you get like the mung's going, and if, if it's been in the store too long, um some of the sprouts some of the seeds won't sprout mm-hmm. is. and what happens well two things can happen either you'll be eating the the result and you get all these like really hard crunchy bits because the thing didn't spread at all just stay really hard and crunchy or you can get uh, seeds that start growing and then start rotting yeah and that's the worst um the more uh, I've, I've like I've tried for for example sunflower seeds in uh, in a jar. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't recommend it because <laughs> you get one in there it starts rotting and oh. it really spoils everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, instead of that, what you can do is you get a plastic tray, put a thin layer of topsoil, uh, or if you have like a compost 
growing in your garden. You can use compost soil. Um, when I say thin, I maybe even like just half an inch <laughs> layer of soil. And then you get that wet, sprinkle your seeds on. And it could be like sunflower or broccoli. Broccoli works really well. Uh, we've done broccoli, sunflower. Um, what else was good? Uh, the radish one. Oh, the radish is a really nice flavor. Mm -hmm. And uh, whatever, and probably probably any of these seeds would, would work okay. Um, then you put a piece of wood. We cut, I cut a custom piece of plywood. Mm -hmm. Anything that will fit on top as a weight and a cover. So you need to keep the seeds wet and covered for about three days, mm -hmm. up to about three days, mm -hmm. two, three days. And I have my plywood sitting on the, on the soil and I put actually bricks, two bricks on it to put some weight. Mm -hmm. It's like a and lot more happened, work than sprouting. <laughs> yeah. But once you have the system in place, it, it's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. But what makes it nice is the results are so good. So mm -hmm. what's going to happen, you can take the, the lid off this weighted weighted lid and examine them and you'll start seeing them uh, starting to sprout and the weight forces the sprout to grow into the soil huh. if you don't have a weight they sort of sit there on top of the soil and the roots don't don't uh, huh. take properly Good. and then what you're going to notice even if you like say forget to remove the remove the plywood lid which happened once the sprouts will be so strong they'll push the whole thing off <laughs> but you got you got to take the lid off especially for things like broccoli and, and the sunflower, because these sprites actually need sunshine. And so I have put it put in a sunny window. Mm -hmm. And then the sprouts will um, start growing and, and they'll be rooted at this point. I also have like a spray bottle. Mm -hmm. and I, I sp Once they're up and green, yeah. Spritz them. And then, then you know, up to a week or so, it could be, um, however many days, when it's like, say, about three inches high mm -hmm. or more, you start cutting them off with scissors. And this is a great system because out of your little seeds, you get like a lot more volume of sprout. Mm -hmm. And if there's any seeds that don't work, either um, because they aren't fertile or they start rotting on you, they'll be down there that you won't get. You won't have to eat them. Mm -hmm. You'll just cut them. They won't be, because uh, you'll be cutting off from just the good ones. What you can do is you can harvest all your uh, your sprouts and then a few more stray ones will start growing. You can cut those off as well. And eventually you got to just throw away that soil into a, a bucket. Maybe you can reuse it later and put some fresh soil and start again. So when you say like when these are called microgreens, if you didn't cut them off, would they keep yeah. growing into regular size leaves? So With my sunflower, when we do sunflower, um, you know how the traditional sprout with those two little leaves. Uh, if you keep going, another one will start growing. They'll start growing into uh, another stage with more leaves. That upper part has a different kind of flavor. It's, it's a bit more um, bitter. It's not as tasty as the early yeah. sprout. But, hmm. but will they ever grow to be like the size of like a piece of lettuce or a piece of kale or something, or they would eventually like rot before they get to that stage? Well, it's a good question because what, what what I've done with these sprouts sometimes as an experiment, I've taken them and put them in the garden. Ooh. You can huh. actually pull, pull one of the sprouts out, a little clump of it or whatever, and put it in the garden and it will keep growing. My um, The sunflowers are 
fairly small, but they'll, 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 make, they'll make a flower, yeah. And <laughs> um, the broccoli is also grows pretty big, but this mm-hmm. makes a small little broccoli okay. flower thing. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah. okay, uh, I've used hydrogen peroxide in sprouting, and there's two, you use it for two reasons, and there's two ways of using it. First of all, you need to buy food-grade hydrogen peroxide. Uh, The difference is that the ordinary drugstore variety of hydrogen peroxide has stabilizers in it because hydrogen peroxide is very unstable. It wants to become water and oxygen. Hydrogen peroxide is H2O2. It's got an extra molecule or extra atom of oxygen in the molecule. And that it's always trying to break away to leave you with water plus oxygen. If you don't have the stabilizers in it and you buy it and, and leave it open at home, you'll just have very expensive water because the oxygen will all, bu- all bubble off. And once you're left with water. <laughs> so you have to keep it uh, tightly, tightly closed? Tightly yeah. lit. And I've usually kept it in the freezer for that reason. The freezer? Yeah. Uh, now, it depends on the concentration. I just looked online, and one company is selling hydrogen peroxide in 3%, 6%, 12%, 18%, and 33%. Now, 3%. And what is this, Steve? Is this like a powder? No, no, is it it's a, a liquid? liquid? Like, I don't think it's I know what liquid. it is. It's a liquid. It's uh, the, the percentage is uh, there's a higher concentration of uh, hydrogen peroxide in the water. And uh, and when you get up, well, anything over 3%, for sure, you must wear rubber gloves when you're handling this stuff. 3% is the ordinary <laughs> stuff you would put on a cot. So you, it's not going to okay. burn your head. So badly, but any of the others will burn, will burn skin very quickly and, and leave you quite badly marked. And uh, I don't know what happens when you get a 35% on your skin. But, uh, uh, but what it does for the sprouting seed, though, is it first kills off any mold that might be growing on these on the seed stock. Make sure they mm. don't go moldy on you. And secondly, it does decompose a bit, and the extra oxygen helps spur more growth of the sprout. So it, it oh. sort of a, becomes a super gro- growth of the you sprout. You want to do that in the beginning? Uh no, you soak them in, and then later, once you've got the greens, you've got the sprouts starting to come up, and they're starting to turn green, you put a little bit of this hydrogen peroxide with the water in your spray bottle. I want it just um, and, yeah. and spray it, but yeah. but you can but the you use less than three percent at that point, so you've got the three percent watered down, spring it on at that point, but uh, it grows a lot faster if you do that too. Uh, so you wind up with uh, quite a good result. Now, getting to fenugreek. Just sorry, before we, on. sorry, you can say just just before we move on from that, where where can people buy that? Uh, I buy it in health food stores, various ones. Not every health food store seems to have it, but a lot of them do. And usually, a health food store won't have it in all these separate concentrations. So if you get a thirty-five percent home, you want to put in a couple of tablespoons or so and, and, and cut it 10 to one with water and then put the rest back in the freezer so it doesn't decompose. And if you've got uh, 6%, it's two to one. If it's 12%, it's four to one. So do the math, but uh, that's what it looks like to me. 
You want to water it down to being 3%, and that's what you should be using. But when you buy it, it might be a, a higher concentration, and that's why I'm pointing this out. Probably a sprouting place would sell it. Like- yeah, sprouting places sell it. You can buy it online, although I don't know how they ship it to you online. What an interesting thing. I've used it a fair bit in the past, uh, not in the last, recent few years. I like fenugreek sprouts. I like the flavor, getting back to the mention we had of that. And the other thing I like about it is if you grow them long enough and then eat enough of them, you don't need deodorant. It, it, your, your armpits smell like smell like fenugreek. That's a lovely smell. What does fenugreek smell like? Is it a good smell? Uh, Better than deodorant. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> and it's a natural smell. And it's not a real flowery smell. It's, it's an herb smell, you know. Uh, but fenugreek seeds have a, have a pretty distinctive smell, and they're used in Indian cooking. So if you buy some fenugreek smell, uh, seeds and mash them up, you'll have an idea what the smell is going to be like. Some people like it better than others. I, I really like it, and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of sorry I can't seem to buy fenugreek sprouts these days anywhere. Hmm. Uh, I'm not growing my own sprouts because I live in a room, and I, it's just too messy to r- try to do sprouts in a room where you don't have any water. Mm-hmm. I used to have a sprouter that was uh, a commercial one. I don't remember the name exactly, mm. but it was about a 10-inch diameter and maybe uh, like a disc, and it's about an inch and a half to two inches high. And mm. f- three of these would stack on each other, and there was a little cap inside, and the wa- and you would put water in the top one, and it would work its mm. way down to the bottom, and then you'd take the bottom one, which is just a tray, and dump the water out. Uh-huh. And, and I found that quite worked well. And there were little grooves in the bottom of each tray, and that would allow the, the roots, the, the, the starting roots of things like sunflowers sprouts to sort of anchor themselves in these grooves, and that way the sprout would grow upward without falling mm-hmm. over, where in a jar method, sunflower sprouts get messier because they fall over, and then, and then they're in the, the low water, yeah. and they start to rot. Where these didn't, they grew upward and, and so on. So I, I enjoyed that. I buy store-bought microgreens, actually, mostly. And I'm also buying some basil in the store. And I, uh, I have a food processor that has reversible blades on it. Oh, yeah, cool. So, yeah. so I can turn it back and forth and... and, and I put the basil in and then layers of two or three different types of sprouts, usually including sunflower because I, I like getting the vitamin D from it. And what the breaking it up with the reversible blade uh, food processor means that you're breaking up the little cellulose pockets in the, in the uh, green. And there's a lot of flavor and a lot of nutrition in those little pockets, and your teeth don't do that good a job on breaking them. <laughs> so you wind up with more chlorophyll, and you wind up, in the case of sunflower, with a little more sunflower oil, which, if it's been in the sun at all, has probably got a good source of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Or you can make a smoothie, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll work green, too. Green smoothie? And this, uh, yeah, this green mush that I look, I've, I've shown it to some people and they've said, ooh, that doesn't look very appetizing. But smell it and it's, uh, the, the, the aroma just comes right out. And as long as you're eating sprouts that you like, and I like most of them. 
So that's one thing you kind of like you touched on sort of like vitamin D from the sunflower sprouts. Like what yes. are, what would you guys say? Like what are the benefits to, you know, growing or, uh, no. you know, growing your own sprouts or microgreens? Like why, why do we want to trouble yeah. ourselves with these processes? You gain a lot of nutrition from them. And if you're ever up North or somewhere where you can't get fresh greens or fresh vegetables, you grow your own sprouts and you've got a good source of them. Uh, alfalfa works well in that situation just because they're, uh, the seeds are small and they're, they're easy to transport to wherever you go. I, I've often wondered if anybody ever set up a cottage industry to people in the Yukon or the Northwest Territories to encourage people to do that at their homes. Because from what I hear, they pay atrocious prices for things like lettuce just because they never see anything green. It'd make a lot of sense in far north. You could do a lot of your own stuff that way. Uh, but also, I, from everything I read, you get so much more nutrition from a sprout than you do from the whole plant. Uh, it's just an amazing thing to yeah, add. Considered like a superfood. Yeah. Especially broccoli sprouts, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the different kinds of sprouts that you were mentioning, like do different sprouts have different nutrients or is it the process yeah. of sprouting that causes something to no, happen? No, they've got different nutrients as, as those plants do. And uh, and they're all basically superfoods of their own type. So you, it's good to eat a variety of sprouts and to mix them together. And uh, the, that type of sprout salad that I have with the uh, food processor just brings out more of the nutrients too uh, that, that's already in the sprout. Yeah, that's a good idea. But I really enjoy them, and I have I have them. Uh, if I'm going out for a restaurant meal, and I'm not sure about the restaurant I'm going to, I'll have a sprout salad before I go, and, and figure that it, what I eat in the restaurant doesn't matter quite as much. You, you get know? a balanced meal that way. Yeah, in terms of nutrition, it's uh, especially if I, I I don't like restaurant salads very much generally because they're uh, they're often yellow the the lettuce off yellow and white and so on. Oh yeah, right. it can be terrible. <laughs> Where if it's, nice and, if it's nice and green, I can enjoy a good lettuce, but uh, but you can't count on that going in a lot of restaurants. Where if you're going in a place you don't know, you start off with a sprout salad, and uh, the rest doesn't matter as much. You know, so we do our sprouting in the winter mostly. Yeah, because you know it is a bit of a production, so yeah. being lazy and all, I, yeah. I go to the farmers markets in the, the growing season, uh-huh. and then in the winter uh, when there's less especially for greens that you can't get greens as easily as, or the greens you're getting are coming from California yep. or shipped long distance. Yeah. Um, or I suppose you get frozen, some frozen stuff, but otherwise in terms of fresh greens, uh, spreading is very, um, of course, fresh, uh, nutritious and uh, easy and, and affordable. Um, another factor is also very ecological. I find um, I can't bring myself quite to, I see that broccoli spreads look beautiful in the store and they're packed in those green, uh, or sorry, those plastic yeah. rectangular right. containers. Yep. I have trouble bringing myself to buying that because it's like the heavier amount of plastic versus the sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> more plastic than sprouts. Yeah. Um, sometimes I might buy it if it's on sale. Figure I can rescue it. But, but <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, if you grow it at home, it's ecological. Yeah. 
I know like Steve Biko, you would mention like you just put them all together and you kind of have them like as a salad. Uh, what are some of the other ways that you use them or eat them either of you? I have like an open face sandwich and I put, uh, I say avocado, um, sauerkraut and sprouts on top. would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or like putting them in a smoothie would be oh, like a super nutritious smoothie. I haven't tried that. Does that give them like a, maybe this is just the broccoli sprouts that I use often, but like a picturing that giving it like a sour taste. Does it do that or you don't it taste can be, it? Um, okay. The trick is if you're going to make a, a smoothie that's super healthy, make sure you put lots of lemon juice in. Okay. That's what I find. Because <laughs> oh. otherwise it does taste a bit, a bit austere. Especially if you're doing like no nothing sweet, like I do say avocado, kale leaves, uh, maybe some seeds, but it's going to be, it's not, but once you put the lemon juice in, it starts tasting nice. Also, a lot of the uh, sprouted pulses, the mung bean, the soybean, the chickpea, the lentil, the azuki bean, the red kidney bean for sure, are all work better cooked. Hmm. Where yeah. the uh, where the other sprouts are lovely raw, like after they've sprouted, you cook them. You mean or before? Yeah, no, after you oh after they won't sprout. If you cook them, they won't sprout anymore. So you have to and you have, keep the sprout part attached. Like you mean, like would you yeah. cook them like you, you would cook you beans normally? You, oh. you don't. No, you just cook them as beans, and they have a little tail on them that's a sprout. Oh, that's neat. But uh, but yeah, you cook them in things uh, much much like. You're familiar with the mung bean, uh, sometimes soybean uh, sprouts uh, in Chinese food. Mm-hmm. They, they, they just act much the same way as that. But they're all also sprouts. lentil sprouts. Lentil sprouts yeah. are yeah, are something you can eat, eat either raw or cooked. That's true, and I've seen uh, something like a hummus made from them too. The kidney beans I've heard you can never eat them raw. That's right. You should always cook. Kidney beans, yeah. the red kidneys. I've heard that. I've read that yeah. too. And some of the, I'm just curious, like, because I, like I said, I can't exactly remember where I got my sprouting lid from. Um, do you guys have particular sources like you'd recommend, especially to people if they're listening and they're from the Toronto area? Like, where do you know where you can buy things like the trays or the lids or things like that? Well, I would say, you know, of course, Amazon will get get you anything. Um, <laughs> as far as the trays go, you can improvise. Well, that's what we've done is um, if you find a tray and you can make yourself a custom lid. I made one out of plywood, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose you could use some kind of a circular container with a plate on top. Mm-hmm. You can try to improvise something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve, do you remember where you got that that thing sounded neat that you had with the three no, layers? In some health food store. Actually, I bought them yeah. more than one. <laughs> And, and I actually had about six or seven layers altogether, oh, wow. but I, I, I usually did them in stacks of three. But I ate a lot of sprouts in those days. So I, yeah. uh, by, the time they, by the time they grew, I wanted to have some others starting already. So that's why I had more than one of these things. That's cool. And why are you so healthy? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, oh, Maybe, yeah. yeah. We should all get... It, it, it's one of many things, I think. Actually, Steve Lecky, I feel like this, there's a store kind of near you on Bloor that sells like things like juicers and stuff. Do you oh, know yeah. what I'm talking about? Do Zest they? I place, feel like, sorry, what's it maybe called? Maybe if that place is still around, that'd be good. That they sell Vitamixes and things. Yeah, um, I think maybe that's where I got the lid. Somewhere between Nottingham and Dovercourt. Yeah, it is near 
leftover court. This is called um, Health Service Center. Well, look, I'm, I'm looking at the website. We've got things like dehydrators, but they also got spriders here. Okay, great. And there's a whole section on the website, some different yeah. gadgets. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also buy the spread seeds there too. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, for the seeds, um, I see the seeds pretty much at any health food store nowadays. I don't know what that brand is, that common brand that's in like the little green, dark green packets. Mums? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. The problem it's pretty there, easy to find. Yeah. problem there is some stores only sell two or three varieties of seeds and not mm-hmm. necessarily the ones you want. Yeah. I'm always looking for the fenugreek seeds, for example. Yeah. Well, we well we did we have I live in a shared house with about eleven people, so we were able to buy, put a bigger order in. I think we used mums or something, but mm-hmm. if you put a big enough order in, they'll they'll ship it to you. Yeah, and then you can get whatever you want, and you'll get much better price, and because uh, mm-hmm. you're buying in quantity, yeah, and the seeds will be very fresh. Mm-hmm. So that's what and that, that means you get almost 100% germination, uh, which is really what you want. And that's yeah. why you're buying special seeds to start with. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They almost all germinate, where if you buy ordinary uh, seeds. They had a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble with mung from just a regular health food store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, if you get lucky, the health food store has very fresh mung seeds. You can actually use that. No problem. You won't get too many that bad ones. But I've done that with sunflower seeds. Sometimes uh, before I started buying the the one the mums ones, and I had quite a bit of success uh, in spite of every all the down, possible downfalls. Maybe I was hitting fairly fresh supplies or something, but uh, you got lucky. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I don't know if it's because this is it doesn't have a bean on the end, but I both of you have mentioned either like mold or rotting. I've never had any issues like that at all. So I don't know if I've got lucky. Oh, I don't know good. if it's the jar yeah. method, but um, yeah, done... I've never had a spot of anything that looked bad. I've done, I've done a lot. And now and then, like it would happen once every six months, but it was annoying when it happened. Sounds and, scary. Mold would suddenly <laughs> go and take, over the, and take over the whole. And then if you do throw... sunflower, I get I just have it happen with sunflower usually. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I will steer clear of sunflower. Sunflower, You're not selling it to me right now. They're my favorite, though, (laughs) in in the sense that they're very leafy and they form a basis for a salad very nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They're they're very substantial. Yeah. uh, yeah, They're they're filling. Yeah. They're they're wonderful. But every now and then that that happened to me and uh, it took over to the point where the lid came off the sprouter. And when you're finished, you need to sterilize everything to make sure you're, you're not going to contaminate the next batch. So it, it's a bit complicated, although the hydrogen peroxide, uh, you know, it can, can help you sterilize too. Once you, or you do the method, like microgreen method in the soil, and then you yeah. have no problem with the bad seeds. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, the bad seeds take care of themselves. It's just in the soil and rot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. uh, this has been fun. Uh, it has been. I learned a lot. People enjoy their salads better. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for joining us, Steve Lecky. So you have been listening to Veg Out, Toronto's vegetarian podcast. You can listen to past episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, 
iHeartRadio, and Radio Public now. Remember to subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. And you can also follow us on Instagram now at VegOutPodcastTO. Thank you so much to Matt Judge for our theme song. And until next time, Veg Out! out.